Behind That Tape podcast. This is your host, Mr. Stromboy. And I'm Jay Probs. And today we are back with another episode, starting off with the Green Bay Packers. I'll give it to Probs to tell us the story. Yeah, so basically, uh, just talking a little bit off camera, um, off recording, but um, I we just want to mention the Packers fourth round receiver, Romeo Dubs. I mean, he has been making an impression in Packers camp. Uh, this is a quote from Rogers, just saying, um, every single day there's at least one wow play. That's rare for a young guy like that. Had some guys do that over the years, but they're all like top 10 in Packers receiving history. So some pretty mighty praise from Rogers there. I mean, we know the wide receiver room is kind of bare, um, but to be getting that kind of praise from Rogers, I, I think it's good, good for the for Rodgers and also for the Packers to have someone like that already creating a rapport with Rodgers. Yeah, I think it's interesting that a receive a young receiver kind of on this team with and he's surrounded by like almost veteran uh people like receivers included yeah, like Randall sure. Cobb and Sammy Watkins and then Rodgers obviously being a veteran quarterback and then we also have a uh, I mean, a lot of that team is is uh, it's not very young, you know. So mm-hmm. it almost—I mean, they're contending. They're a contending team. Yeah, they're they're a contending team. That's for sure. But like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like the veteran presence is definitely going to be uh, beneficial to his career, and for him to already be starting off right and impressing those veterans is—I uh, feel like it's a good sign to tell. But I, I'm not, I'm not so sold that this is going to be the number one receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. Like, he's he's definitely gonna benefit being in the situation, um, and having like guys like Cobb and Sammy Watkins like mentor him. But I think he, I don't think he's gonna be number one wide receiver right off the bat. But I mean, I don't see why. Like, because it's at this point, I would say between him, Christian, um, Christian Watson, who they drafted also, and then. Um, Sammy Watkins because they don't really have any alpha receiver over there. I mean, I would argue uh, <clears throat> Alan Lazard. Oh yeah, should be number one over there. Uh, it's a little bit. He's a big target, six two, two hundred. So mm-hmm. he, and there's still room but, to increase his weight in the NFL. But, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think. I think it comes down to Rodgers. That, that's kind of my thought right now. Yeah. Because as, as good as you are, when you have a guy like that, it's really it's really his choice, you know? Like, mm-hmm. especially with what we've learned from his personality and his uh, character, it almost feels like uh, that type of situation, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think, I think Dubs... I mean, he's he's most definitely he's going to have some part in the in the Packers Packers roster because he's a good route runner. He uh, I'd say he's, he's a promising route runner. His hands, he's like kind of that sure tackler that Roger likes, and he can he can be a deep threat too. Um, so I think he adds a little bit of that verticality to the to the uh, Packers. I mean, you have him, you have Lazard. Um, Watson, of course, and I, I think he adds, so I he adds a little bit different, something different, not not blazing speed, but the ability to go deep, 
And I think that's something that maybe he can replace the likes of MVS. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he is definitely going to be featured in the offense. I think he could still be number one, but I think he's definitely going to be featured in the offense. Yeah, I mean, there was concern for the Packers going into this year that uh, they're going to be thin on receiver, the departure of uh, Devontae mm-hmm. Adams. This is definitely going to help that. That's for sure. Yeah. And the Packers want to be contenders this year. He's going to have to be a, an all-around guy. I want to mm-hmm. quickly talk about maybe his fantasy value. It almost seems like he's worth a late-round sleeper kind of pick right now, especially with him being under the radar so far. I mean, he is one of the biggest stories of training camp so far. Yeah, I mean, I think he's I, – I would say he has – he's definitely worth a sleeper because – Aaron Rodgers is gonna have to throw the ball, throw the ball to someone, and if if this kind of um, report continues into this season, that's gonna be major major um, fantasy value. And I think even just a quick fly on him in like the tenth round. I mean, that's not that's most likely like a bench receiver that you're only gonna play like once or twice. But yeah. if he does develop into that, he could be a flex, easy flex, right? And I think. That's like I I think it's a worth a risk worth taking, especially if he goes late and he isn't picked up early. Yeah, I mean, to 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 get this sort of praise, I mean, it's a little bit unbelievable. Because I think Rogers would know what he's talking about, right? So exactly, seems it seems like this is gonna be something that sticks. But for now, it's almost. not a, a sure thing with with the injuries the Packers have right now. I think Sammy Watkins isn't isn't there, and uh, I think there's one more guy that's out. Or that's what I remember reading. Uh, Christian Watson's out, I think. Yeah, Christian Watson. Yeah, correct. Yeah, he's also out. So I mean, from that, right now he's going to get those reps. I wonder if he continues that sort of reps. He's definitely made an impression. That's for sure. So, I mean, I would expect playing time. It might be a more of a wide receiver by committee this year, though, rather than for sure, for sure. one special guy. And I think of that one special guy for the Packers, it's going to have to be Alan Lazard, a guy that, like, really will bring fantasy value. For now, though, like like we already said, it's almost like a sleeper that everybody's going to have to wait on, which is kind of what the whole point of sleepers are, like a late late-round pick that you can maybe see play out, but I don't know. Exactly, yeah. Like, it's he's, he's of course, he's not a sure thing, but he could hit, and that could be, like, a difference changer for your team, right? He could be a good, like, solid 10 to 15 points per game if he does hit. Yeah, almost like a flex option. Exactly, yeah. All right, well, any final thoughts? On Romeo Dubs, almost. I I say Dubs, but you know, it's up to up to interpretation. But uh, yeah, I think I think the Green Bay team is going to be scary. I think I have faith in Watson. I like his tape. Um, I like. I mean, Dubs has obviously been making a solid impression so far. Um, and that defense is really good. Uh, 
offensive line historically going to be good. Running game's going to be good. Quarterback's going to be good. So I I see them as Super Bowl contenders. I mean, they always will be with Rodgers. But, um, yeah, Super Bowl favorites maybe even as the season comes down to it. Yeah, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot more running this year than normal for the Packers. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I would have to agree. They're still the favorite in that division. They're not going anywhere. And as, unf- as I know a lot of people want to see the Packers fall. This year is not going to be that year, I don't believe. Yeah, unless, unless the Vikings can pull something. But, yeah, I definitely. All right, let's move to the AFC. The Browns are in turmoil once again. I mean, it's almost like a <laughs> yearly a yearly thing that in the offseason something's going on with the Browns. Right now, it's Deshaun Watson suspended for six games and Kareem Hunt wants out. And the Browns are not going to let him get out. Start off with Watson. What, what does this mean for a team that had very high hopes once again coming into the year? I mean, it just... For the for, as a Browns fan, it kind of sucks, but I mean, as an NFL fan, as especially as a Texan fan, I mean, it means that they're gonna do worse than projected. I mean, we could say what we want about Deshaun, but he's a good quarterback, right? And with him, with the roster they have, um, he is. I would just say he's. They're gonna make the playoffs with him because he is that gifted. I mean, sure, there might be a few things. He might have a few a rust a little bit, but I think he is he is that talented. Um, and I mean, there's, there's even the possibility he's out for twelve games or even a year because the NFL is appealing it, right? Um, but yeah, the, the Browns are definitely losing at least half half, arguably half of their season um, to this um, to the suspension, and that just six games that are unknown uh, that could drop you possibly from playoff contention out of playoff contention. Um, and that's, I mean, it could hurt the Browns entire season because you trade for Deshaun, you give him this massive deal, and he doesn't play for you for six, six games. It basically ruins your, your, your season. That could, I mean, it's definitely not going to do anything for them long-term because they're committed, but it could just waste another window, another opportunity they have in this championship window that they've created. Yeah, I think that's well said. The championship window is, is definitely shutting down. What I do want to talk about is how capable the Browns are. They're going to have, out of the three quarterbacks they have, I really hope Brissett is the one that comes out of the starting gate. I would be disappointed, to say the least, if they started Joshua Dobbs or Josh Rosen. Um, if that's the case... They have Carolina, New York. They, I mean, they don't have a terrible schedule those first six games. I mean, Los Angeles is probably going to be a loss in Carolina, but looking at it, New York, Pittsburgh, and Atlanta, those are all winnable games. And then New England at home as well. Almost seems like a winnable game as well, like with what they have. I mean, but then again, we're looking at Brissett. Do you think Brissett can win some games with with those teams that they're playing? Yeah, I mean, 
when you think about it, he it could be like he could be put in like a Jimmy Garoppolo kind of setting where like he just has to throw the ball, throw the ball accurately. And I mean, I think he's he he could do that. He's he's he, I I think he's capable of doing that. Now, the thing is, I don't know. The the thing that worries me is like the Browns, they have a good offense, but like the receivers. That's the problem, and, and Deshaun would be able to. I mean, he can put the ball in good places, but Brissett, I would say, needs better skill position receivers, and you're pretty much relying on Amari Cooper and a few games from Donovan Peoples Jones, and so I think that's that's where the Browns could suffer, and that could lose them games because if they don't have d- dynamic receivers, then they're not going to be able to really mask some of Jacoby Brissett's weaknesses. I mean, I would argue that Baker Mayfield was thrown into somewhat of a similar position in his first year where they didn't have Odell, where they had the guys here. I mean, Jarvis Landry wasn't there, but a similar, like, mm-hmm. you know, like receiving core. I mean, it's not the same, but it's like the same almost skill level. You have a veteran receiver in Amari Cooper and a bunch of guys around him. I would yeah. argue that this team wins at least three games. In, Out of in the six? Games. Yeah. Hmm. I, I like their matchup. I mean, it's a lot more favorable than I think. I mean, initially I thought this was really bad news, but I, I don't think they beat Carolina. But New York in Cleveland, that's a winnable game. And then you have the Steelers four days to recover, and they're kind of a mess right now. That's true. So, I mean, that, that's kind of a winnable game. In Atlanta, I don't know. But, I, and I know for sure they're losing to Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, then at New or New England at home, I don't know about that one. But, I mean, if you give me two wins and a 50-50 twice, I mean. Yeah. And the defense isn't terrible either. I mean, they didn't lose a lot there. Yeah, I mean, and went under major change this offseason. Yeah, I, I think for sure we're gonna see a lot of Nick Chubb, and exactly. That's yeah. I think that's that's kind of what makes the news about Kareem Hunt a little bit worse because he provides it when Jacoby Brissett has the ball, a d- dynamic kind of uh, dump off who can make that first first down off a, a dump off, and then he's also dynamic in the run game. So. It kind of takes away that one-two punch that could have carried you. I feel like to a few games. Yeah, I mean, I thought, if I'm being honest, I, I think, uh, and I think you might agree, I think Nick Chubb has what it takes to catch the ball and be that dynamic. I just don't think the stamina is. It would be impossible with the amount of workload that he's getting already to go out there and also try to be the third down back. That Kareem Hunt yeah. is. And if Kareem Hunt is super unhappy with the situation, which it almost seems like he is, like he wants to go be the number one somewhere else, I mean, we've seen running backs hold out. And that's where I would be concerned if I was the Browns. If Kareem Hunt is that unhappy, which I don't think he's that unhappy where he were to hold out. But if he were, you're lo- you're looking at a potential loss on the offense when you already lost your – QB1, right? 
So yeah, because because that puts Chubb under that much risk of getting an injury or doing yeah, something that could take him out. I would. Who who who's this? Uh, let's see. Whoever's the third string running back. Oh, Dearness Johnson. I'm Dearness, pretty sure. I mean, he's not. I wouldn't call him a bad back at all either. Yeah. He was able to pick up the slack. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would wonder, but he's not Kareem Hunt. Let's be real. He's not a goal line running back. He's not as big. He's a, he's a little bit more shifty. So, I, I would be interested to see how that would work. Yeah. I mean, uh, even – I'm just saying if you, gave, if you gave up Kareem Hunt, you would – that would inadvertently be giving more snaps to Nick Chubb because – yeah, Darren Jones is he Darren Jones just isn't eating up. He doesn't have the same talent as um as Kareem Hunt, and so you're just you're being forced kind of to give those some of those third downs and stuff that you give to Hunt that you'd be comfortable giving to Hunt, you'd you'd be forced to give him to um Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean I, I don't know if uh if that's really gonna happen. I, I think it's unlikely that Kareem Hunt really uh moves out or or holds out i see it very unlikely i i doubt the browns mm-hmm. get rid of him either but i mean if he does it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting situation because then we would kind of wait and see on uh whether the browns would just boost nick chubb which i think would lead to a likely injury or they would just pick up the slack and Johnson, or maybe their trade gets them another running back. Yeah, that's it's a lot of possibilities. Yeah, because I I would think you'd at least want to replace him with someone of like my mind goes straight to like someone of like Jamal Williams kind of caliber. Um, I don't know why I thought of that, but yeah, someone like Jamal Williams caliber. Yeah, like um, a veteran running back there. Yeah, and I think one of the things is you could if he does hold out. It's a possibility you could find someone on the open market, like free agency or waiver wires. Um, maybe Le'Veon Bell, someone like that. Um, but yeah, I think the the Brown situation is Kareem Hunt. He's he's not the featured back. I think um, if they let him hold down, they don't replace him. Then I think they're going to be in an issue. There's going to be a problem. But I think. It is possible to replace him because he's a secondary back. You can give some of those pan, uh, some of those rushes to Nick Chubb, and he hope you'd hope that he can hold up. That's the one risk that you're taking here. Um, but I, I think the biggest issue is the Deshaun situation. I mean, six games puts you in kind of a hole against your the other teams. I mean, you're you're playing you're playing against teams like Pittsburgh, Atlanta that. Carolina that are 50-50 games and with Deshaun they're not 50-50 games um, and I think also the possibility of it getting extended also like that's if it does get extended you could see uh, Cleveland going down a like really really bad like they could drop multiple games because after that it's Baltimore, Cincy, Miami, Buffalo, Tampa Bay like even with Deshaun those aren't winning games or they're 50-50 games. So I think they really have to hope that it's only six games and that Deshaun, when he comes back, he's ready to go because they're going to be going through the gauntlet once he comes back. Yeah, I would argue with Deshaun 
and I think you would agree that th- this team could potentially be six and zero right there, heading into that week six because there's not much on the schedule except for the Chargers, really. That in mm-hmm. terms of contending teams, so I mean, unless uh, the only the next best team I would think is Carolina, but they still have so many question marks that really confusing there and so i mean they could be heading into baltimore at six and zero with watson and that's just not the case what i also found interesting was uh trade rumors of jimmy garoppolo into cleveland mm-hmm. i don't think that quite makes sense but what are your take what's your take on uh maybe jimmy g heading to cleveland well i mean i think for one you're trading let's say like a third rounder maybe fourth rounder for six game rental i mean and you have to think about is that is that worth it because he's kind of he's I would say by a few steps ahead of Jacoby Brissett. Granted, but once Deshaun comes back, he's he's not starting at all, and you're only getting him for one year, and he's leaving almost guaranteed after after the season's over because he doesn't want to be a backup, and uh, I think that's like. You have to factor that in. I think I don't think as Cleveland you'd be willing to give up us whatever whatever the price is third fourth round pick because those can become starters eventually um, those picks and I think you'd have to I I don't think you do it unless Deshaun's suspension gets increased because then you might need a quality starter like Garoppolo to really hold over the team for multiple games. Yeah. I would agree, um, but I do. With, with that in mind, I do have I do have a follow up. Let's say Garoppolo goes in there, right? They trade that pick. He goes six and zero. They're heading into week seven, and Deshaun's suspension can get extended, correct? Mm-hmm. So yes. let's just say he goes to eight games, right? And they go out there, and they beat Baltimore and Cincinnati. Let's just say up to that week they're seven and one, but they beat Baltimore and Cincinnati, so they lose one of the first six. I would argue that that almost makes Jimmy G the rightful quarterback if they beat Baltimore and Cincinnati, and at that point are sitting atop the AFC at seven and one. I would find it hard to replace your quarterback at that point. I mean, I feel like that's the same situation that the 49ers had, kind of, right? Like, you have Trey Lance, but then Garoppolo's playing well enough where he can take you. It's been shown that he can take you to a Super Bowl. Um, But if you're the Browns, you just hand this guy a guaranteed contract. You have to start. Like, you're not handing him a $300 million guaranteed contract to sit on the bench when he's not suspended to watch Jimmy Garoppolo play. Because he has proven, he's a, he was a star, um, and I think you traded so much for him, you gave up so you paid him so much that you just can't. Like as a GM of the team, as a head coach, you have to understand that Garoppolo he could go, he could be every single team on that rod. Let's say it goes to twelve games, he could be Cincinnati, Baltimore, New England, Los Angeles, Miami, Buffalo, Tampa Bay. And you'd still have to start Deshaun because of how much you invested in him. Like, you just, you can't, like, 
do that or else it looks so bad on the organization. I com I can't agree with that at all. Really? If he if he's seven and one heading into the bye week and Deshaun is ready to go and your team is rolling at seven and one, what I, I here. Actually, let me say uh remember Tony Romo, Dak Prescott. Tony Romo got hurt. Dak came in, won a few games. Didn't even have a great year. He was winning. What? I don't think he was 7-1. and one. I think it was a little bit worse than that. And Tony Romo comes back and doesn't get his job back, which I, at the time I found absurd because Tony Romo was the quarterback the Cowboys had for a while, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's over. Dak ends up leading them into the playoffs that year. And – uh they lost to the Packers, I, mean, I would assume. I'm not completely 100%, but I'm pretty sure they lost to the Packers. Oh, yeah. That's, that, yeah. that's the year but, that, uh, that miracle run happened, and uh, <laughs> the Packers, you know, killed them again. But, yep. I mean, this situation, I would agree, is different, but the Cowboys were paying Tony Romo big money to come in there and – win them a Super Bowl. And, and to this day, I wonder, would they have made a better run with Tony Romo at the wheel coming off an injury? And and I, I can't – I mean, you can't help but wonder because that year they did lose, right? Yeah. If you're sitting at 7-1 and one, um, and you have a bye week, I don't see any point in not playing him against Miami. Say he loses that game, then you can start to reconsider things. If he goes 0-3 to start off the bye week, then you're going to Houston, and I don't think Houston's in any shape to mess with you guys. You can start Deshaun, or you can play both of them and figure things out. But it, the fact of the matter is, 7-1 and one heading into a bye week, I don't think it matters what Deshaun did, what De- Deshaun's getting paid. Because you have to remember, I would assume that Jimmy G's getting a big contract here too. He is a good quarterback, and he got paid in San Francisco. He would probably get paid here, don't you think? Not as much. I mean, in the situation that you're right, yeah, you're like you're setting up. I think Jimmy G, if he plays this well, I think he gets paid by another team. I think he gets paid by maybe New York Jets or sorry, New York Giants team like that. I don't think he gets paid by Cleveland because let's say you pay, you'd have to pay him like hundred million, two hundred million dollars, and that's five hundred billion dollars you have locked him in quarterbacks at this point. Two quarterbacks, one that's going to sit on the bench. And, like, I, I don't think that's something that you can plausibly think about doing when you have so many other – like, you have to pay Denzel Ward. You have to pay these offensive linemen that you have, Nick Chubb. You have to pay Miles Garrett. You have to pay um, – do you just have – you have young guys on the defense and on the offense that you're going to have to pay eventually. And you can't – I don't think there's any way that they can pay Jimmy Garoppolo, which is why – in my head, you wouldn't play him because you have to prove that this $300 million investment was worth it. Yeah, but, the, I mean, the issue is if they make the trade, right, they have to cover mm-hmm. his contract. I mean, I, I would be surprised if they found a way to wriggle out of that considering the 49ers yeah. want nothing to do with him. I mean, that's still $26 million, I think. Yeah, Maybe but the $26 million, that's only for a year, right? So then 
next year they don't have to pay him right so i i would be let's just i mean humor me they go seven and one right Uh uh-huh they beat miami they lose to buffalo and tampa bay jimmy g's still at the wheel let's just say deshaun gets somehow which i don't think it's gonna happen somehow he gets suspended for the season right they're seven and one uh eight and one eight and three Houston, they win, so nine and three. They lose to Cincinnati, nine and four. Lose to Baltimore, nine and five. Beat New Orleans, ten and five. And let's just say they slip against Washington, ten and six, eleven and six. Final. They make the playoffs and they win a game. Now what? Man, you just won a playoff game with your backup quarterback, who's doing fine. You got a you, guy you know, that played in. Two years, right? Two, two straight years he played. Is it three or two? Three, three years. Did he, did he play? Oh, three years. So he hasn't played for three years now. Your guy just took you into the playoffs and got you to the conference championship game or, or divisional round. Actually, yeah, probably divisional round with 11 and 6 record. Last time you know he was this divisional round was 2020, by the way, and mm-hmm. lost to the Chad Henney. So, if I'm Cleveland, I'm really trying to trade one of these guys at this point because now you have two quarterbacks in the room. But who's taking Deshaun? It's a good question. But why was why would Cleveland want Deshaun at this point? Well, here's 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 the example that I thought, and I thought it would be amazing. Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, Eagles, they win the championship with Nick Foles and they let him go because Carson Wentz, they've invested, they gave, they gave him that massive contract. And he's proved, I could say he's proved, proved that year that he was a good quarterback, but Deshaun proved it. He's, he's proved that he's a good quarterback and he got injured, suspended, same thing. And they went with the quarterback that they gave big money to. You know, I, I will say that's a very solid example, right? I'll agree with you. That's that's pretty good. But <laughs> what was their record the year after they ended up losing or after they won the Super Bowl? Yeah, that – I remember I mean, correctly, that, that investment was a total flop. And Carson went, did his thing. They, they, they needed Foles the next year again, and then in 2019 everything hit the fan, and yeah. McCown played in the postseason, and then in 2020 they had a horrible year, probably one of the worst we've ever seen, mm-hmm. going four eleven and one. So I mean. Yes, it's there, but I, I'll tell you one thing. Cleveland will not retain two quarterbacks like Philly did for a year, two years after yeah, they got Foles' insurance. They, they can't. Both those not, guys yeah. need money. And yeah, there's, the one, of them's out. one of them's out. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will say if this trade makes it through, I, I would be surprised if Jimmy G succeeded, that the Browns weren't trying to figure out a way to ship Deshaun Watson. Maybe – their confidence in him is enough for another team to say, hey, let's do it. But I, I agree with you. 
Cleveland was the only team that wanted him from Houston. They made that trade the way, the way Cleveland wanted it. Who wants this guy? I, I really don't know. I, I don't know if I can answer that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think... Yeah, I, I think that's why you'd have to say you're Cleveland. I, I think that's why you just have to look at it and be like, why would you give up even a third-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo? Because you could... You could be putting yourself in this kind of situation, like we've mentioned, and so I don't know why you would trade for him because you have Brissett as that option. Unless you feel comfortable giving the reins over to Garoppolo and saying this is you, but you always have to, I, as Cleveland, I I think going into the season you have to remember Deshaun Watson is our quarterback because we've invested so much. So I don't think there's anything that can sway that for sway them from that position. And I think that's why they're sticking with Brissett because they know he's not going to be as successful as Deshaun can be. They're not; he's not going to be that good as we're saying as Garoppolo could be. So I think that's why they're just not going to trade for him because it keeps him away from being put in a situation like this where he makes a deep playoff run. Yeah, I'm. If that happened, I, I would say the Browns are in some serious serious turmoil once again i mean it would be a very browns move to make to grab a quarterback for a year and yeah then wonder what the heck they're gonna do in the next year because it's yep. a crowded afc for being completely fair it's a crowded nfl right now so every game on a weekly basis turns into a dog fight and i uh, yeah I there's mean, so much maybe, talent yeah they they would they signed uh rosen too why would they do yeah. that to trade for a quarterback? That would be a very Browns move. So, I mean, it's almost like you can't count them out for doing anything ch- childish because they're literally known for that. Exactly, yeah. It's If there was a team that would make that move, it would be the Browns, right? So, it's... Yeah, I, it's, I would 100% agree. Yeah, I think if, if, you're the, if I was the Browns, I would just... Ride out with what I had. Take whatever decision the NFL gives you and just stick with Jacoby Brissett because you made an investment and you just got to stick with it now. At this point, you've already invested your future into Sean. So. All right. Let, let's grab one more segment before we wrap this up. I mean... Did we talk Broncos last podcast? I think we did. I think I think we talked a little bit about the Broncos. Um, maybe uh maybe Panthers. No major decision for the quarterback battle over there. Yeah, well, I mean I think I think you have to give it to Baker. I mean, he's showed so much more as a quarterback. He's much in my opinion, he's much better than Darnold. And um if CMC can stay healthy, I think you have a good good squad. Yeah, I, I, what I find the most interesting in the Carolina situation is uh, the fans. Like when those guys <laughs> walk out together, a video went viral the other day of uh, everybody like screaming and yelling Baker and Sam Darnold <laughs> just running out next to him. It's, it's kind of funny. In that retrospect, what what I also think is funny is uh, 
I mean, they don't they don't really have if the battle is this close as they're making it seem and we know what Sam Darnold can do it it doesn't seem like uh you know Carolina is really going to be there if it's not close and they're just keeping their cards close to the best which i would hope for out of Carolina I mean, it is possible yeah yeah if if that's the case then we we have a real team here like you said, with CMC healthy. The defense needs work, but that's what Coach Matt Rule is there for. And, I mean, it's not like a defense devoid of talent. They they have talent on that team. Yeah. Especially uh, especially on the defense. I mean, you have Chin, J.C. Horn, Derek Brown, guys like that. Yeah, there, there's plenty of talent on the field, and there's so many weapons on offense. It's, it's kind mm-hmm. of ridiculous how they uh, accumulated talent. Like, their backup running back, Chubba Hubbard, is pretty damn good. Dante Foreman is also really good. Rashad yeah. Higgins is from Cleveland. And if, if Baker starts, I, I would be not. I would be surprised to not see him get a lot of reps. Mm-hmm. And then the defense, as you said, they have stuff there. It's just a question of whether they can put it together. And I, I would – I'm going to say this. I don't know if you agree. It's not all about defense right now. It's If your offense can outscore their offense, you're probably going to win the game. Yeah, I think... I think it is... It's ultimately up to how much... Like you said, the offense, how much Baker can do. Um, because you would just assume Baker's a starter, right? He's he's taking a team to the playoffs. Um so you'd assume it's how much can Baker do in this offense. And I think it's a lot. I think they have a decent O-line. I mean, they, they added a Kim. They, um, they added – they have the wide receivers, like you said, plethora of um, skill, skill talent, skill players. And I think Baker is going to have the tools. It's just going to be can he perform. I mean, we've seen him perform before with – I would say worse than this in Cleveland. Um and so yeah, and Baker has something to prove as well because he kind of just just got he just got shafted. He just got moved on from Cleveland. They said yeah, we don't care about you. We invested a first round pick in you, and we're shipping you out for like a third rounder. Um, and he he's gonna have to prove that he's a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. And if he has that kind of fire, I think uh, Carolina could use that and be really really good. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at their schedule right now. Yeah. Want to pull that up, and they got a pretty favorable schedule from the looks of it. I mean, I, I'm seeing Tampa Bay twice is going to be a struggle. I, I I would assume they drop those two, and then they play the NFC West, which isn't the easiest. But other than that, I mean, I, I can count seven, six games that they lose, uh, including. Both Tampa Bay games, I would have to assume. And then out of Arizona, San Fran, and Los Angeles, if they win one game there and they are able to take care of uh, Atlanta and New Orleans, which is what you'd have to do to make the playoffs, I I would assume that's a playoff team if they can win one of those games in the West, which is not going to be easy either. They'd have to split the division over there and then go 4-2 in the South, which – 
I mean, I don't see that being a huge issue. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I think you can beat the likes of New Orleans. I mean, you can obviously. I think you can beat Detroit. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is can you? Sorry, not Detroit, Atlanta. Um, I think can you beat New Orleans? So I think it's going to be a decent team. Can you beat? Arizona or San Francisco. Um, those are going to be the real test, though. Is this team really playoff contenders? Does Baker have it? Um, can he can he bring it? Does he have it? Can he bring it? Can he make the offense click? Can he make the team click? Yeah, that San Fran game and that Denver game are going to be definitely the biggest games on the schedule, and that Cleveland game, assuming they get a quarterback there because all three of those teams are almost on that same level of exactly right there against the playoff conversation and you got to beat teams like that if you want to make the playoffs mm-hmm. yeah you have to there's teams all these teams all those teams are on similar levels so you just got to beat the teams on your level and you're in the playoff contention right there like carolina has to beat those san francisco's arizona's Denver's, possibly Baltimore's, and New Orleans. They have to beat those teams because those teams, if they don't beat them, those teams are making the playoffs, and they're not. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I think if they get one of those games in uh, Cincinnati and Baltimore, you're almost looking at a lock. But I'm not sure that defense has enough talent to hold those other offenses down, despite uh, Carolina having an arguably good offense. We'll see. That's I think that team, I mean, there's a few teams. We talked about them. Broncos, the Panthers, the Eagles, the who do we compare the Eagles to? Oh, the Cardinals. I mean, I wouldn't say the Cardinals, but the Eagles, Browns, Panthers, the Browns. Browns, uh, Broncos. Those are all teams that are right there. They're on the cusp of the playoffs, but this year is not going to be no ordinary year. There are plenty of good teams surrounding them. It's going to be who can make it, who can float, who can survive in this NFL. Yeah, final who, I, I think it's going to be who can beat their division, who can – who if you can come out, I would say in the case of – if we're saying in the case of Carolina, can you play well enough in your division to – get that last second to last wild card spot because that's where the, the fight is going to be because you have four five really good teams and it's going to be who can get those last playoff spots because if you get that spot who knows you can make them you can make it's just one game you just need one game and i think these teams have the possibility to upset any team over there because i mean if carolina's hitting on all cylinders if they're J.C. Horn's playing good. Their defense is playing good. Um, Baker is throwing the ball. They could plausibly beat a team like Tampa Bay. I, I feel like they could beat a team like Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, especially come playoff time, anything, exactly. anything can happen. So it's, it's just the weather. They can put it together. Enough games. And mm-hmm. I do believe you're going to have to have more than a winning record this year. It's going to be a, a double-digit win season is what you're going to need to make the playoffs, I I would assume, with what we have on paper in this action-packed NFL. It's going to be a great year, though. I am definitely looking forward to it. 
Well, it's, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Any any final thoughts for the the listeners? Well, I mean, as as a Texas fan, um, and all my Texas fans listening out there, I mean, just pray Deshaun's out for a whole year. Cleveland Browns sucks. Go number one and two pick. That's that's the dream, baby. That 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 would be the trade of the century right there. Uh-huh. I will say. Yep. And it's looking up for Houston sports. I mean, the Rockets are collecting picks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's never been. You could say 2017, but I'd say it's looking up for Houston fans. You we're about to see a very golden age of Houston sports. I, I believe. Yeah, especially with the Nets imploding right now. <laughs> yep. All right. Nice well, another episode, though. Yeah, that that's gonna have to be saved. Another NBA podcast on the way. But thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate all your support. Make sure you check out our Instagram, our Twitter, our Bleacher Report, wherever you can find us. Hit us up with a follow on those social medias. And check out our website at rewindthattape.com. Until next time, we'll, we'll see you guys. Peace. Peace.